for women that are that are working today, I think the most important that, that are working and they want to go into a third act career. Okay, one of the most important things they they need to do is to figure out what is it that's been sitting on the back burner for their whole life, right? Because we've been we're mothers and women and you know we're caregivers. We've been taking care of everyone else. And so all of us have some kind of passion project that's been on the back burner for a long, long time. And so we I start with that. I, I help women. I have a six-step process. And the six steps are the dream discovery, the leap, the plan, dance, and mastery. So it's six steps. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Power Up Women a multi-generational conversation about leadership, power, gender, and justice through a female lens. I'm Ann Doyle. You know, before I introduce today's guest, I want to take a minute to talk about the most recent school shooting in the United States, which happened two weeks ago here in Oxford, Michigan, which is just about 15 minutes from my home, about 45 miles north of Detroit. Four Oxford High School students, ages 14 to 17, were murdered, and seven others, including a teacher, were shot by a 15-year-old male classmate who was armed with a semi-automatic handgun his parents had purchased for him as an early Christmas present. The shooter is likely to spend the rest of his life behind bars. Both of his parents have now been arrested and charged as well with involuntary manslaughter. You know, America has been down this tragic road way too many times. And from my many friends and connections in other countries, I know that the world watches in horror and stunned disbelief. As we in this country continue to act as if all we can do is send our thoughts and prayers and bring teddy bears and flowers to crime scenes and grieve while our gun culture grows and grows and grows. There is nothing I can say that hasn't already been said, but at the very minimum, I wanna be on the record as saying, we need stricter gun laws about the responsibility that goes with gun ownership, beginning with keeping them locked up and away from children. So let's turn to a more positive conversation about our lives. I want to introduce, it's my pleasure really, to introduce Katana Abbott. Katana is a, a certified financial planner, a life coach, and the host of Smart Women Talk Radio, which now has over 1 million subscribers. She began her career as a certified planner, financial planner, and she built a very successful financial planning business. And then she changed directions, tapping her several decades of experience to found her smart women companies, which focus on guiding women on how to take care of their life and finances. She's a mother, a wife, and a true sister with a long track record of supporting and lifting other women because she is a strong believer that it is never too early to prepare for the unexpected and also to prepare for your third act. So that's what we want to talk about. Welcome, Katana. Hi, Anne. Oh my gosh, we go back so far and it's so exciting to finally be here on your show because you've been on my show so many times over the years. 
I have. Thank you. You know, and I was so excited when we both went to the LA Book Expo together. And I don't know if you've seen the pictures I have from that, but you and the Mayorises both ended up publishing your books. And now the topic I had, I've actually launched it in the six month course. So, you know, it's it's that, I mean, that little experience there together of going out to LA. That was another piece of our history together when uh, I was working on powering up women and um Tell us, I mean, your book became this entire course that you give to women. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I, I didn't realize, Anne, and this is so funny. When you don't know what you don't know, you can do some crazy things. So I thought the book expo was for us to go promote our books, our book proposals. I didn't understand it's where they're releasing all the new books. And that's why we were getting all these free books. So I just went around fearlessly with my little speech that Ruth taught me. And I got all these publishers to let me send my book proposal, unsolicited, I guess, unsolicited, right? Uh, book proposal. Right. So I got a lot of major publishers to review it. And it was, but it was called Midlife Millionaire. And it was right after 2010. Even the millionaires were like, you know, bruised and from the market crash, right? right? So, you know, the timing didn't seem right. And they wanted it for men and women both. And so sometimes, you know, timing is important. And so what's happened is I ended up, you know, doing beta tests with a couple of classes, but I, I believe that the universe always guides us if we follow our intuition. And so I actually went on to create the smart women companies and the nonprofit and worked with the show and me moving into my third act. Now I'm 63. I can't believe it. And so I'm in my true, I'm in my third act, which is that 60 to 90, you know, and it can start a little bit sooner. I love it. 60 to 90. It is a 60 to 90 and we're living longer too. And it's such an important age. And so now I'm in the perfect place. I believe to do this because of all the experience I have. Your point about listening to what the universe is telling you, you know, that you might have this idea as you had this idea about, you know, I'm writing this book about midlife millionaires and, and you headed down that direction, but you listened to the feedback that you received and you discovered and which took you into building your, your, your whole course, which is really an ongoing training for women. Similar to me, I was going to write a second book. And my son said to me, mom, don't write another book. And he said, you ought to do a podcast. And he said, no one's reading books, mom. Now that's not true. You know, he's a 29 year old and he's like, everybody's listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. And, and that really led me to, um, to where I am today in terms of, you know, my podcast, which is now in its third season. You know, one of the goals of this podcast is to really have stimulating cross-generational con- conversations about important topics and money is certainly one of them. And I know over the course of your career now, you have worked with several different generations of clients. So let's start with what you have observed in terms of maybe differences between the baby boomers, the Gen Xs, and now I'm maybe what you're seeing in, in uh, the millennials and, and even the Gen Zs. I know you're a mom. Mm-hmm. I always did planning. And so, you know, most of the people I've worked with have been, I would say in midlife, you know, fifties and up. And so I never really worked with the younger people. 
what I'm what I'm noticing now is the younger people. They we they're going to be something to watch. They're gonna they're going to be the ones to save the planet. <laughs> Hopefully, and somebody has I, to. I do. This is just my belief. I do believe they're going to be the ones because they they're already using technology in such a new way. And they're, they're not afraid. They're, you know, buying little, you know, stocks online and, you know, think of the way, you know, we used our checkbooks with paper, you know, they don't even do that anymore. Everything's online for them. You know, the big thing is going to be for them to have to deal with all the uncertainty in the world and be able to understand this whole idea about time value of money, because that's the biggest thing is, is for them to start when they're young. And then those, I did notice that in my career is there were so many couples that came to me or, you know, single people that had accumulated a lot in their 401ks. And that was because they started young and just got into those plans and, and never stopped you know, the 401k plans, it makes such a huge difference. So we, you know, anyone who's listening, just make sure that you sit down with, with the young people and, you know, show them what you've accumulated and how you did it and let them know that the sooner they do it, the easier, you know, it will be. But the, the biggest um, thing I notice is, is this, that when I started in 1987, everything was different because interest rates were high. So, you know, yeah, it was bad going to buy a house at 9% interest. However, for those retiring, they could, they could take their retirement dollars and get, you know, 8, 8% interest. So on 100,000, they're getting 8,000 a year. The problem today, whether you're a young person, you know, you're out there trying to buy a house, the interest, interest rates are low, but the houses have skyrocketed. And then they're leaving the market so quick. And then if you're, if you're someone who's moving into retirement, you can't get any income. So it doesn't matter if you um, have a lot of money. It's, you know, if you have a lot of money, the brokers can do it for you. They can send you 3 4% a year and you can, you can live on it. But for people, the average person who might have saved you know, 250000 you know, a half a million, to try to get income, if they put the whole thing in bonds, they only get on 100000 1500 a year. So we have to think totally outside the box. And, and that's what I'm doing is I'm helping these women look at their, their skills and their experience and be able to create some income doing something they love, you know, like we're doing now, you know, consulting and coaching and writing or teaching or, but it could even be starting a business, but to supplement the pension and the social pension if they have it, but the social security and savings, because to try to generate income for 30 years, let's say, is going to be almost impossible given our, how, how the money is you know, situated right now. And we've been in this huge bull market. So if you just leave it all in stocks, you could lose a huge amount of yeah. it. Like you saw. Yeah. So I, it's difficult. Yeah. And it's, that's, so I find that exciting and challenging and I love doing it. <laughs> well, you know, it makes me think about the fact that a few, de quite a few decades back, when you and I were at the beginning of our careers, that you know women were not allowed to have credit cards. They couldn't open a, a checking account in their own name. I mean, all these things that the, the laws were changing in the the late '60s, the '70s, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so many, many women at that time, married women, just left all the financial decisions to their husbands. And I'm horrified today when I discover that there are still women 
who really are not paying the attention that they should be, if they're married women, let's say, to their finances. Are you still seeing that? I told you, you're probably going to be shocked by some of my answers. I, I, I do remember, you know, when the beginning of my career, and I've, and I've seen this where, you know, couples come in and, and you know, the man takes care of the I, I, finances. And I know there are women out there that defer to, to the man, let's say. I don't think that's the issue. I don't think it's a gender thing. I think it has to do with our money personality. Ah, and okay. it's funny because I, you know, my husband and I, every morning we go in the hot tub and I mentioned your question to him and what a great place to do that, right? And it's dark out. <laughs> and he said, Katana, he, he said, it's, it's not about gender. He goes, it's our money personality, remember? And he said, and then we thought about it. And that's funny because, you know, there's these five money personalities. That is what I see. And there's only one that's really focused on the money, and that's a security personality. And I'm wondering if that might be you when you mentioned that you want independence because the security personality wants freedom. And the other four, they're not money oriented. And so when you have four that aren't money oriented and one that is, it can be either one. So in, in my, so there's security, value, recognition, love. Status. In status. Okay, you got it. Yeah. And so there's- you yes, because right, because I'm fascinated by this and you had uh, sent me that these are the five categories. Yeah. And it is so powerful, not just for yourself, but in relationships. And and I help people, you know, if they have a partner or their children, it's just so powerful. So I don't know if you wanted me to hit these just briefly for your Yeah, listeners. I think it's fascinating. Love. Okay. And we all know people like this. But they desire belonging and what they're trying to do, what I find is they are trying to fill a hole in their heart. And Money. so it shows up and they're the one that, you know, even on their birthday, they buy you a gift or the way they show love is through gifts and giving. They think of money as play money, almost like and a lady call it monopoly money once. There's always more where that came from. But the problem is they also think the debt is going to figure its own way out. And they run up a lot of debt because of the credit card thing. And um, a lot of times they'll um, have file bankrupt. So there's probably a positive and a, and a negative I mean, upside and downside to each of these. Yes. Yes. And so then there's value. And I just had a conversation with the value person the other day and they, they, they really want significance, but their issue is boundaries. And so they give and give and give to the point of resentment and they can actually, you know, it's almost like my girlfriend's one of my friends someone I know, she said that every week she's just waiting to see who's going to need her this week. But they live in a state of, it seems like crisis, things just happening to them and people needing, and then they attract those kind of people. And then with the status person, no matter how much they have, it's never enough. So I know one person who their, their challenge is balance, right? Okay, go, go, go. And I know one person I know, you open up the garage and you see a Cadillac, a Jaguar, um, and, and a big, yep. big, giant truck, the best one there is, and Harley. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, you know, all this stuff. And so they too, again, could be overspending and, and 
but it's always trying to prove that no matter what they have, it's not enough. Then there's recognition. And this is someone who is looking for respect, but they have these pie in the sky ideas. And so their problem is they feel that something really bad has happened to them as a child and where they felt alone and they had to prove that they could do it on their own. So even though they may have support around them, they always feel like they're this lone ranger and they put themselves in really risky situations. You know, they're the big entrepreneurs that, you know, they make it, they fail. The problem Mm. is sometimes they don't know when to give up. They don't Mm -hmm. know when to pull back and try something else. So they really can get themselves in trouble. And now here's the one, the security personality. That's the person they want freedom, but then their, their challenge is trust. Their fear is no matter how much I have, they never know when it's going to be taken from them. And my husband's a security personality. So I have to say to Sam, okay, Mark, how much do you need to feel safe? And the big thing was growing up, the kids were watching this because I didn't, they were watching us model. I'm the recognition personality with the pie in the eye, pie in the sky idea. And I would go to share it with them. And then he would go into fear thinking, oh my God, she's going to do this. Shut her down. So he would come back with all the reasons I shouldn't even do that, let alone think about it. And Uh then the conflict starts. Well, when I sat down with him and we, and I showed him this information, it has been so healing because now we realize we are the best team and Mm. we can take something and we have to breathe and then we can discuss it. And then we come up with a great solution. So that is my key there is for everyone, you know, if they could identify, if they've noticed any of these, I'm sure something has jumped out about them or their spouse. It doesn't matter. It's male or female. These money personalities override everything because this fear was created by what we observed when we were little, three, four, five, six, seven, and it created a belief. And then these beliefs are stored in our body believe it or not. And when something Mm -hmm. comes up, we feel it in our body. It might be in our heart, our stomach. And this little girl will pop up and go, no, don't do that. And, you know, or, you know, go ahead and do something you deserve it type of thing. And it's not good for you, but this little girl will pop up and, and it stops our, what you do stops our power. It stops us from standing in our power mm-hmm. when these disempowering beliefs from this little girl that's, you know, she's now an adult and you're safe, but this fear is popping up. And so we, a lot of times will end up second guessing us and just sabotaging ourselves. Mm-hmm. So you have to make it fun. You know, this can't be arduous. Yeah. Well, talk to us a little bit about that part of your work, because I know you do keynote speaking, you have your smart women radio, but you also do work one-on-one with clients. For women that are, that are working today, I think the most important that that are working and they want to go into a third act career. Okay. One of the most important things they, they need to do is to figure out what is it that's been sitting on the back burner for their whole life, right? Because we've been, we're mothers and women and, you know, we're caregivers. We've been taking care of everyone else. And so all of us have some kind of passion project that's been on the back burner for a long, long time. And so we, I start with that. I, I help women. I have a six-step process and the six steps are the dream discovery, the leap, 
the plan, dance and mastery. So it's six steps and it's really the financial planning process. But again, I've made it much more fun with all kinds of great exercises, but we go very deep in the beginning into your vision. What is it you want um, for yourself? And what is it that if you had a magic wand and you could have anything you wanted or $10 million and amazing things come out because when the women get done with this, I have them journaling about what it is they came up with, and then they come and share, they say, well, maybe I can actually do this now. Insights come out. Then we go real deep in discovery and where they stand and you know their values and um, their challenges and those beliefs. And then I have everybody make a decision about what it is that they really, really want to do. That's, you know, that's what our focus is going to be. And then we can do the financial plan. But I can tell you, women, the FIT study showed that 92% of women want information on financial planning, but that 47% won't even talk to anyone about it, even if they have a broker. Yeah, but it's too personal. And also, you know, it's, it can be a real dry subject and overwhelming. And, it's, and it all boils down to not understanding it. So if you can approach it and in a more user-friendly way, and you realize it's really mindset, then you can work on those numbers. And I will say one of the absolute um, most important things, especially as you're um, in midlife and you've had all these people you've been taking care of, self-care, the whole foundation. I don't care how much money you have. If you're not happy and you're not healthy, it's not going to meet a darn thing. One of the things that comes through loud and clear as we talk now, but also knowing you for many years, is the joy that you have in the work that you do today. And I want to take you back to your own personal leadership journey, Katana, because you you had this very, very successful career as a financial planner. and But then you came to a moment in your life where you basically thought about your own passions and your own self-care and your own next act. What was it that, that triggered you to do that? All of us come here for a purpose and we don't know what, what that is. And so that's what our life's all about. It's figuring it out. And so I had this yeah, very, very successful career. And I had someone that was my assistant and he was with me 15 years and he was able to run this thing because we set up systems and a team. Okay. So here I was out teaching a, a program, doing a panel discussion on caregiving the designated daughter program. And I could barely stand. I had to have them get me a stool at my podium because, and I think a lot of it had to do with fear of moving forward because I had been wanting to come and do this other thing, right? And I'm talking about this whole experience. My stepfather had lung cancer. My mother was getting dementia and my body was falling apart. So because I had those systems in place, I luckily was, be, was able to take a year off and explore. So finally, I, after that year, I saw everything was running smoothly. And so I went ahead and I did, and I launched smart. It was at the time, smart women's coaching. And I'll tell you what the most important thing in find a mentor because you can trim off 10 years of, of just uh, mistakes and money and trial and error. Find someone who's doing what you love. 
who's mm-hmm. awesome at it and follow them because they can shorten the, the, the time frame. Mm-hmm. and then surround yourself with cheerleaders like us, you know, how we support each other. We've done it all mm-hmm. through the years and through the rough times. And they say, I believe in you yeah. and, and get the help you need. And then never, ever give up because so often we're so close, but we're at the worst point, it seems, but the answer, the, the, you know, the solution is right there and we give up. So to never give up. So I found those mentors and and they continue to help me to this day. And I try to be that for others. And that's why I did the nonprofit because so many women couldn't afford me. So I actually have my coaching materials. My program is in our nonprofit for those women that can't afford to work with me one-on-one. What is that? Tell us about the nonprofit then. So those listening uh, can know about that as well. Okay. And for those women listening who have a passion project that should be a nonprofit or is, they can do what I did. I went to unitedcharitable.org and I am a project and I set up smart women's empowerment as a project of the United Charitable. So we share their five, we're a 501c3 project. We share their tax ID and we are able to do fundraising. So I have grants coming in and we have this, the show is the show is through it and the Academy is through it. And so that's where I decided to put my whole program, not all of it, but a good part of it there for free. Women can, can come in and access all these resources on health, money, career, on their business, and it's free. They can go to smartwomensempowerment.org to learn more about um, the nonprofit if they're interested. And if they want to learn about the, the retirement, they can come, just come to my name, katanaabbott.com, and they can learn about the midlife millionaire solution that I'm doing for those women that, you know, want to work with someone and they have a little bit of money to work with. You know, you have your finger in so many places. And one more I want to hear about before (laughs) we have to wrap up is this uh, love relationship that you have with Costa Rica. It's just such an amazing place. It really is. It's a sacred place. And I decided after going there several times that I would lead a retreat. And so I've done two retreats there and then a couple in, in Panama. And we actually have a place in Panama. But taking the six-step program and doing it in a sacred place like that. When I, when I led it my first time, I, I didn't think the women would want to do the work. I thought they're going to want to be doing zip lines and going to the beach and, you know, going shopping. And no matter where we went, they brought their workbooks. When we went to this five-star resort for the day, they said, first thing they had to find, we had 11 women, 11 rocking chairs in a shady place. I remember this. And we had to work on our exercise so they could do their sharing. One of the dreams that I've always had is um, going back to Spain because I, I studied in Spain when I was in the university and I, I've been back many, many, many times because I've st- kept this very close relationship with my Spanish family. But there's always this, gosh, I should go back to Spain for another year. And I'm sure there are women listening who also have this idea of living abroad, maybe just for a year or so. What's your advice for me, but also for any woman who's thinking about that? I mean, before we pack our bags and and head out. Join a program like International Living or Retire live and retire overseas, get on their mailing list, do some research. Don't buy anything yet. 
you know, rent, rent. Boy, there's so many benefits to living overseas too. Your money can go so much farther and you could get maybe a better climate for yourself or ability to travel all over Europe, right? With a Euro pass. <laughs> as soon as we can travel again, I can't wait. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, Katana, this has been fantastic to to talk with you about money and you know to sort of bring the the joy and the excitement into a, a topic that scares a lot of people yeah. yeah thank you for having me it's been long overdue and i'm very honored you invited me <laughs> my pleasure thank you so much uh, financial planner life coach host of smart women radio and founder of smart women coaching and so many other things katana <laughs> abbott my best wishes for your continued success. You are a true sister who believes in my mantra. Every woman for herself is a losing strategy. Thank you, sister. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for being with me, Katana. So now let's all go to power, power up. up. <laughs>